a critical element of any presentation is the slide deck. And the more presentations you go to, the more times you say, oh, that was a rough PowerPoint to endure. And you don't want that happening to you as a speaker, which is why we have a really awesome guest who's going to share with us how we can make our PowerPoint presentations engaging and inspiring. So our guest is a slide presentation designer with over 30 years of experience in creating engaging speeches, presentations, and seminars. She has worked with some of the biggest names in business, including Xerox, Acura, Samsung, and PayPal. Our guest who joins us is none other than Bridget Callahan. Bridget, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Glad to be here. Bridget, I'm so happy to have you on the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast and the slide deck, it is, it could be a really great guide, an ally for creating a great presentation, but it could also really tear it apart if you don't do it correctly. So uh, based on all of your experience in helping people create these great PowerPoints, what would you say are some of the more overlooked ways that we could give our slide deck some edge? Well, I think, you know, most people don't even realize what a good presentation looks like, really. I mean, if you look at all the people that have seen slides before, especially young kids growing up and their teachers are using slides, they're, they're growing up into this world of this is how you make a PowerPoint. And, and that's sad because we all have experienced that, oh, they pulled the slides out, I was like, ugh, groan, you know. <laughs> you want to just put blinders on and just listen to them. And in, some, in most cases, if your slides aren't going to come, where slides come in handy is it's a branding presence, it's an engagement, uh, the visual aspect of slides actually has them remember more of what you're saying, and um, how do you explain tough concepts? You know, the, the only way you can do that is, is through a slide or, or through conveying a visual message in that way. So you have to decide, you know, will slides serve me when I speak? And a lot of speakers I talk to, they say, well, it helps me remember what I'm gonna say. And so, oh, it's your cheat notes. <laughs> And in the old days, the term speaker support was actually the slides, but it's, it's to support um, the audience, really. It's not to support the speaker. So um, there is a way to use your slides as cheat notes, but without conveying that to the audience. Yeah, and that's a good point you bring up how most people look at their teachers and um, like, I don't want to say anything bad, but like the thing that you do see is like, a lot of definitions on the slides where like you're writing down like this is the def this is what a cell is this is the definition and it's got the whole definition written up on the slide which is good for you taking notes but not good to present it on a stage in front of your audience so how can we make it easy for us to remember the things we're supposed to say without creating that boring format well, um, you know, sometimes you have to put that much information in there, but they can't even read it. Or if they do, they're compelled to write it down. And as soon as they start writing, they stop hearing you. So um, what, I, what I've seen some speakers do is like, please don't, you don't need to take notes. What I'm about to convey to you, I'm going to send you the slides at the end of this talk. And so that kind of, I see the whole audience take a breath and relax a little bit. Um, but some people just like taking notes because, you know, it's that memory thing, you know, of hearing something and writing it down and then remembering it. But I've seen a lot of people are visual learners. And when you create a great visual that you're speaking to that doesn't have any text on, it's just a visual. They're mapping on their brain that visual 
and it takes up 10 times more of your brain matter looking at a visual than it does listening to words or reading. So when you're telling your story or explaining something, they're going to remember it better and for a much longer time. So that's what I help speakers with is really finding that perfect visual for that moment of what you're talking about and then stringing those visuals together. So it's, it's a visual storybook along with what you're saying. That makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, just each visual paints the idea of what you want to convey and gives the audience something that's going to be easier for them to comprehend versus the text and uh, it's interesting you mentioned giving the slides to people at the end of the presentation. It definitely means they don't have to do as much note-taking because they have the slides right in front of them. Some speakers, they'll say, I don't want to give my slides. Someone can take them, run with them, and make that their presentation and steal from me. So how, like, what's your advice on that? Is that just a thing we have to gradually get over, or is that a real concern? No, you, I mean, there's several ways of going about it. Um, my, uh, the top line... Um, handout or giveaway is not actually the slides itself. It's going to be more of a detailed document that explains and goes into detail of what you're saying, kind of like a brochure. And it could be done in the slide format or it could be done differently. Um, Nancy Duarte has coined the phrase uh, slide doc. So it's a document, you know, that you could generate in PDF form and send that to them at the end. So it's kind of like more detailed notes and stuff. But, you know, a lot of speakers don't want to create two different documents when they're creating a speech. So they might send their slides with their notes underneath it or something like that. There, there's lots of ways around that. But, um, you know, it's, I think speakers want to go in and, and give them so much information. It's like, oh, my God, I'm only going to remember a tenth of this. It's like when I work with a speaker, I was like, what do you want them to walk away with? What do you want them to be wowed by? And what do you want them to get an action for um, after your talk? And a lot of times they don't even go that far to think about it. So we'll close the gap and, and see what that intention is, and then we'll create from there. And they may convey more information than they really need to know, but you know, making sure that they seal the deal on those uh, one, two, or three items that they really want to walk away with. And having the difference, like PDF and more notes, I mean, that incentivizes more people to want to look at that. That's also a great lead strategy because how are you going to yeah. give them the slides? Give them, yeah. You got to have an email for me to give you the slides. And exactly. That's, that, that alone is why you should do it. Yeah. And you don't want to give them out before the presentation because what they're going to do is they're just going to be looking at that the whole time. So um, these people that hand out their slides with notes, I, I'm not a fan of that, you know? Yeah. And then some people will look at the slides and they'll write notes on the slide like if you give them the document in advance so yeah and, like and, you're doing yeah yeah, yeah. save them time and, and write the notes for them yeah i mean just doing that and then as bridget mentioned when they're writing they're not able to listen to you as well so giving them that stuff in advance makes it easier for them to focus on you and your presentation and then it just comes down to crushing it. And I know a theme here has been use images. And I feel like for the most successful presentations out there, there are a lot of images. So how can we make sure we're using the right images? Like, do we dig through our phone to find personal stuff? Are we paying for photos? Like, how does the search for the right images work? 
Well, you know, I say there's nothing wrong with using images you took yourself. That's like the easiest and freest way to do it. Um, a lot of people think, oh, I found this image on Google. I can use it. It's like, well, no, you can't. You can get sued. <laughs> and so you really under need to understand the copyright laws in taking stuff off the internet. Now, there's a lot of free uh, photo banks out there that will let you use the images. Be sure to read the fine copy of what that means to use it, okay? Mm -hmm. um, but there, there's a ton of stuff out there that you can, you can get for free. Or you can pay a low fee to use an image that's like really impactful. Like, this is going to be my star image. This is going to really seal the deal on getting the emotion around what I'm talking about. Um, and it could be like your logo slide of... Uh, you know, the whole event or something like that. So that's worth paying for the image, you know, and you can pay anywhere from $3 to $500, depending on the image and where it comes from. Um, but image is everything. It's like, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. When you have images up on your slides and you're talking and you don't have a lot of time to talk, maybe you only have 20 minutes. Those images are gonna speak, speak much more words than what you can say and, and give them that more of an emotional tie and, and feel that's just gonna really impact for them. And when you spend time and do a good job with your slides, they feel that they're, they've been cared for. They feel like you've put in your time, you respect their time, and you really want an engaging presentation. And they, they perk up a bit. It's like, oh, I've, I, these would look like good slides. And it's not about the good slides necessarily, it's more of a feeling of how you're conveying the message in a professional manner, if that makes sense. And using your own pictures is obviously like a very personalized approach. If you have great pictures, I mean, they're free and you, you've got no problem with using them. Uh, Pixabay and Pexels, those are two great resources to get a bunch of free photos. But again, there is the copyright issue. Uh, I take it seriously. I know Bridget takes it seriously. And I feel like there are people who don't always take that seriously. Like, let's just find the best picture on Google and slap that on our website or slap that in our presentation. I mean, this could just be really brief this part of the interview, but have you heard of any stories or been part of any stories where like someone used a copyright image? Because I feel like that's something people don't take seriously. Yeah, I had one client that um, wanted help with her website after her webmaster disappeared. And uh, about a month into it, you know, I helped her fix some things up. And she says, I just got this letter from Getty Images saying I own $500. And I said, well, you have that image on your website. Did you not pay for it? Said, no, my webmaster just put it on there. I, I don't know if they paid for it or not. And I said, well, you're responsible because it's your website. So if you don't know, then you're going to have to pay the money. Wow. And did the person just take it down and not pay or did they still have to pay the 500? Um, they, whether they took it down or not, they had been using it. So they had to pay anyway. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's an example. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that stuff people neglect. They don't really take it seriously. And then when it happens, <laughs> you learn the hard way for a lot of people. So you definitely don't want that to be you. But enough with the copyright image stuff. It is something to be taken seriously, but not the topic of our conversation today. You have the great slides. You have the great images. But the, one of the things that happens too often, and you see this especially with conferences, uh, you go in there, you're empowered, you learn new stuff, you feel amazed, you go home, nothing else happens. So how do we get the attendees to truly take action based on what they say and leave with actionable insights rather than just the go home and forget all the stuff? 
Well, you know, there's many different ways to do that. It's like you want to engage them to connect with you. Like you said, if we hand, hand them out the slides, we need to get their email, but then you can follow up with, well, what did you get out of my talk last week? Or did you make, did you take action? You know, you might even ask some questions like how many of you are going to do this this week or that week, you know, some sort of engagement that has them kind of, you know, step up and say, yeah, I'm going to go out and do that. Um, but you know, a lot of us, we say something and then when we walk out of the room, it's not going to happen. So having some sort of follow-up or whatever to engage that audience and not everyone's going to engage, but you know, the ones that really care about what you said and resonate with it, they will. And that's where, again, being able to give the slides or PDF, like you have the person's email. So there is a way to build the conversation after the presentation. Some people yes. are going to feel so inspired. They take action right after Bridget finishes her talk. Other people are going to be inspired, but they're going to get super busy at the same time. And you got to, you know, hey, uh, I was a pleasure seeing you at the event. Did you take action on this? Do you have any questions for me? And that's how you can build a dialogue that goes beyond the event and ignites action. Yeah. I and mean, even in the handout that you give the slides, you can end the handout with um, a call to action you know, or, or an offer or something. Yeah, that is a really great idea as well, because you do want to think about how the presentation connects with the, uh, all the parts of your business. And do you do anything, like what are some of the things we can do to like pre-event, like pre like your talk to get to know attendees better so that they're more ready to go when you talk? Um, boy, I've never really been asked that question. Uh, I mean, a lot of times, um, when I'm working with speakers, they, I mean, they know their audience. I, I don't know what they're doing, but for me, I, I don't do a lot of, uh, talks, but it would be great if I knew who the audience was, uh, was ahead of time so that I could really speak into their listening of what they're looking for. Like ask them a couple of questions, you know, um, I'm going to be speaking about this. Um, what do you know about that subject or what would you like to you know, what you, what would you like to walk away with? And if you can get that answer, that's gold. And Bridget brings up a great point. Know your audience in advance because then that helps you create better presentations. I know Pat Flynn, he uh, a while back did like, I think it's like the, the food conference, uh, one of those. And he made like food puns and food <laughs> analogies. And it was a whole like, you know, how to start a podcast and it was all food references and Nice. It was a type of presentation he's never going to use again, but it was a big hit at the event because I, I think it was the Everything Food Conference. Again, I'm not fully sure about the name of it, but uh, that's a big part in knowing your audience. And then you create these better presentations and slide decks. And uh, if you do want to create the better presentations and slide decks, I mean, Bridget is a very excellent person to check out. And uh, it is good if you guys follow her work and journey. So for people wondering how do we do that, where do we go? Well, my website is presentationdesignexpert.com and there you'll find uh, some examples of my work. And if you want to reach out to me, you can contact me through there. And I do have a freebie that if people want to find out um, how to dismantle some of the mistakes that speak speakers make in their presentation slides, go to bit.ly B-I-T dot L-Y slash P-P-T dash mistakes. And that's P-P-T like PowerPoint and you'll um, be able to download my freebie. 
We'll have all those links down below and some links for me as well. Bridget, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, Mark. It was great.